The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Cowboys Storyline with Nick Eatman. What is up? It is time for Cowboys Storyline. Thursday, December the 14th. Uh, Happy birthday, David Hellman. Uh, He's got his own podcast out there now. David obviously was with us for, what, about eight years, eight, nine years. Uh, Was on the break with me for a long, long time. Now he's doing his own thing. Out in L.A. for Fox, he's on, got his own podcast. They're putting him on the air. He's, he's doing a great job uh, over there. So happy birthday to Dave. Um, we're going to talk Cowboys and Bills. I mean, what a game this is for the Cowboys. What an opportunity this is for them to keep this thing rolling. Um, it, it felt like, and, and I'm guilty of this, felt like when they were 5-3, and three, I remember just kind of pushing, they're going to be 10-3. and three. 10-3. and three. You can Look at the schedule, boom, boom, five in a row, they're going to win. Well, here they are. They are. But I felt like I wasn't the only one that thought that way. But for some reason, we just kind of stopped right then. Like, oh, let's well, let's stop at you know at Buffalo. Well, here we are. And not to say the Cowboys can't win this game. Of course, I mean they they, they can. They're, I think they're a better team than Buffalo. But I think that's where you kind of just drew the line, and, and I did, uh, thinking, all right, well, you know, we'll see how things go at, at this point. Uh, and and it's going to be one of those games. I think it's going to be a really tough game. I think. You know, the Bills are a very tough team to figure out. Like, who who are the Bills? You know, when when Brian Broaddus always says, "Hey, you know," and by the way, his birthday was two days ago, so happy birthday to Brian. But uh, when he always says, "Hey, the NFL is a strange lady, strange lady." This NFL, she lives in Buffalo, or at least this year, she's renting a place in Buffalo because that's pretty much what what it is. Um, Buffalo is they can beat the best team in the league, or and they can play up there with with the best home or away. And then they'll lose a game, you know, to Denver, who's playing pretty well too. But you know, they'll lose some some games, some some head scratchers as well. So you never know what you're going to get. But usually, you know, when Dallas comes to town, I'm sure Buffalo. You know, it only happens eight years. They'll be uh, they'll definitely be ready to go, be fired up for that one. All right, we're going to do things a little bit different today too. I mean, we're going to obviously take the calls, but I am going to take a little bit of a break here. As you see, my stack of books. I'm. I was talking about it for a few weeks now. I'm going to do it today. We're going to do a little book review. Some of my favorite books, some some of the books that I've I've uh, written, some that you know from my friends and uh, family. So just some of my my favorite books. I'm going to kind of promote that a little bit. Who knows if maybe it spurs an idea for a Christmas gift. Who knows? All right, let's start though, like we always do with phone lines. You can call eight 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 five five two two nine seven. You can text at eight one seven two nine zero three two nine eight all right let's start us off we got joseph he's in keller texas joseph what's up hey nick uh second time caller uh, probably you may remember i called a few weeks ago about the bills game i went to where tony had six turnovers yeah. and he came back um so i uh I, I just wanted to call since it's buffalo week and in uh you know, just are you going? At a little quick. What's that? I I am not going this week. I am uh, I am okay. I have plenty of time to talk today because I am sitting home after I had uh, meniscus uh, clean up yesterday. Oh, so, okay. um, but a c- couple of quick things. I actually forgot to tell you before that game. I was at the Anchor Bar, which is famous for inventing the wings. Sure. 
and uh, who who rolls in uh, about three hours before game time, other than uh, than Mr. Jerry Jones, and and sitting there and and signing all kinds of autographs and sure. eating some wings. It was it was hilarious. That's awesome. Um, a couple of quick things uh, from the yesterday's another eighty-eight. A little bit of tongue-in-cheek here, but hopefully CD changes numbers so that way we can have three Bryants that wore number 88 with Antonio a few years back, and then we can have Martavius next year. Mm-hmm. Well, Obviously never happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could all break out our jerseys again, and they'd be active. Well, I actually saw um, – I was in the, the pro shop uh, the other day, and I saw all the 88 CD Lamb jerseys that are out there. And so for him to change numbers <laughs> – yeah, it's not going to be cheap for him. I think he's good with where, where he is right now. Um, sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I think it's cool. Um, yeah, you're right. Antonio Bryant was one. Uh, Jackie Harris tied in from okay, early yeah, yeah. 2000s. Um, and uh, a guy named Ron Sellers, I think, back in the 70s, had a, had a big touchdown catch to beat the 49ers in the playoffs. He wore 88. But, obviously, the, the big one right now is CD because, I mean, he's, he's about to – shatter a lot of these records that that urban does and have uh, definitely had absolutely well two more quick things uh i did some a little bit of research um not saying anything against jonathan hankins i think he's great and and we need him and and all those things but i found it interesting yesterday or last week where you're giving up 4.6 yards per per um per run for the entire game but after mozzie came in or after hankins went out i should say um, only 3.33 yards per game on nine attempts. So that was that was interesting. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can keep that up, especially in the cold weather in Buffalo this week. And then a question for you: um, We've we've worn the white helmets a number of times. It's been a while, but I don't remember ever wearing them with the uh, with the outline. Has that ever happened before? With the outline? What do you- yeah, obviously Sunday we will. You know, it had. It had the the regular star on it, not just the star right. without, oh. like, you know, throwback. Have oh. we ever worn white helmets with the outline before? I don't think so. I, I, I've not I've not seen that. I mean, because I don't think that was the helmet. So I think what you know they, they, they and I don't know a whole lot about the uniforms. I know you guys really care about it, but I, I mean, to be a throwback, it's got to be kind of a throwback. Um, and, and then I think you do have an alternate uniform. So I don't think they want to dip into an alternate uniform. Um, and so that that is not the uniform, um, a throwback. You know, I mean, the, the regular star on a white helmet. It would have to be a, a throwback. But that I, was I, what we had this past week. The, yeah, we had it Sunday. It was, right, yeah, it was, the regular we, star on a white helmet. On a white helmet. Okay, yeah. you're asking when? When's the last time they've done that? I don't. I don't remember. I'm ever. They started last year. <laughs> last year. Chris oh, we says. did once last year. Okay, yeah. once last all year. Right. All right. Cool. That's that's all I got. Cool. All right. All right. I never understand the uniform craze, but uh, I don't know. It's a huge deal. I mean, fans like love it. They they love to know like they think it matters. They think like what they wear and all that kind of stuff matters. And maybe it does. Maybe it does. I mean, I always I always heard all that blue jean, you know, blue jersey curse back in the seventies and eighties. It's like, well, they played on the road. I mean, it was hard to win on the road, it, it, just like it is now. I mean, seven and zero at home, three and three on the road. I mean. You know, when when teams make you wear the blue, it's probably because it's it's a tough place to play. It's not really because of the blue, I don't think, but who knows? All right, Justin in California is our next caller. Oh, Nick, what's up, man? Hey, how are you uh, doing? 
good, man. I'm I'm good. Um, I'm I gotta say I've been loving this stretch of, of wins. I, I gotta yep. embrace it all. But um, I started thinking the other night. Um, I was watching the the Dolphins game and I see Tyreek go out, and the whole offense just turns to, to trash. And I'm like, okay. I started thinking about our own team, and I was like, all right. Well, is CD or Tyreek? You know, I, I I want to pick your brain about that, and then I have one more statement. But um, is if if CD was 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 to be non-existent in our offense, would that basically crumble our whole offense? And I know we got a lot of players, a lot of playmakers. We have Cooks. We he's actually like the quote-unquote Tyreek guy that is supposed to like, you know, bring speed to our offense, but. CD seems to be that that dominant force, and he yeah. seems to be the one that makes everything happen. So, what do you think were to happen if CD wasn't as dominant as he, as he's been playing? Whoa. Would everyone else just kind of go away? Hold or? on, hold on. Let me ask you two different things. It, you're talking about him not not on the field or not catching passes, because um, two different things. If Tyree Kill go, I mean, if a guy leaves the field. It changes things. If he's just not getting the ball, but he's still demanding double teams and all that attention, then he's still doing his job. He's just he's just commanding a double team, and you're like, all right, I'm going to go over here and let other you know other people try to beat you. Two, I mean, two different things. I think they can win that way as long as you know CD's out there. He's established himself. They're, they they want to sell out to, to to stop him. Fine, you can take him away if you want to, but it's at at what cost. So, but if he's not on the field, yeah, I think I think that that changes things a little bit. I mean, now now you're focusing on Cooks and Gallup and Tolbert and Ferguson, those guys to to make a lot of plays. I I, I just don't think he would be the same. I don't know how how you would expect them to. But I mean, if there's a big oak tree or any kind of piece of wood you want to knock on. I think I think let's let's do that. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I just think. Because the Dolphins have, you know, basically they have really good talent too, like in other positions, and it just it just was not showing up at all. As soon as Tyreek left the field, it was it was over. Yeah. And um, second second thing is um, there was a caller yesterday that said, you know, the the look of the Cowboys, you know, the way they come out on the field, the 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 the, the optics of it, the way they look, they don't look like they're. That they have that dominant focus. I don't know if you yeah. remember the call yeah. yesterday. Um, I, I want to actually say that this is finally most of this year. I, I want to say after the Chargers game or during the Chargers game, they have actually had a better look on their face from afar. They don't have that. We're kind of getting. We're kind of from coming from behind, or it's kind of a close game, and we look sorry type of look on their face. Last year, if you remember. They just looked like they were in a daze. If they weren't up ahead instantly, they were just on the sideline kind of looking up at the scoreboard. And I know it's just optics, and we don't really know what's going on. Right. But this year is different. They are bending and not breaking, and they are fighting ever since that Chargers game for tooth and nail for every single thing that they have. And I'm actually loving it. So I, I don't know what this guy saw in the past. I was eight years old when yeah. they were winning Super Bowls. I don't really remember, but – I just want to say that they're looking better than ever, especially just the look on their face. They don't look sorry, and I'll hang up and listen. All right, thank you. I, I yeah, I didn't understand that either. Like I like I've said, you know, opinions are, are everyone's got their own opinion and what they see. But can you imagine 
if if you were like a fan of you know the the Panthers and you're like I don't know, you know, I don't know about the record. It's not not that great, but man, we've got the look. You look in their eyes like they are ready to play. I mean, yeah, I know we we've won one game, but we got that look. I mean, like nobody would care. They'd be like care, care what what look you have on your face. I mean, Eli Manning's going to the Hall of Fame one day. I mean, he he looked lost his whole career, but he wasn't you know, I mean, like, so I think the results are kind of what matters there. And, you know, that's fine. I mean, maybe, maybe I didn't understand his point uh, exactly. But uh, I think this team has whatever the look is, it's working when they get on the field. And, and that's obviously what matters the most. All right. Uh, Bob in Rio Grande Valley is our next caller. Bob. Morning, Nick. How you doing? Buddy? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. I'm uh like a lot of Cowboys fans right now, I'm a little bit concerned. I think this injury to Jonathan Hankins that uh, came at a very unfortunate time. Uh, and I don't think the light bulb is uh, stays on all the time yet for Mozzie Smith. So my concern is, and my question for you is, uh, some of the writers have referred to a guy that's on the practice squad, uh-huh. big fellow by the name of uh, Carl Davis. That's right. If, uh, what, what do you know about him, and do you think there's a possibility that this guy can come in and really help us? That's my question All right. for you, and I'll, I'll take it off the air. Great question. Great question, because that's probably going to happen. Carl Davis, this is why they brought him in. So why, this is kind of why the NFL has has changed the, the rules to to allow veterans to be on the practice squad for 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 situations like this because um, you, you get an injury to a guy like like Hankins and you want to fill it with you know you, you need some help need some experience so yeah you can go to get a guy right off the street like a Carl Davis you know but the rules before he wasn't allowed to be on the practice squad because he wasn't eligible but now you can bring a guy in. You know what? Maybe we need him. And it's been, I don't know, six, seven weeks. He's been out there. He's been practicing. He's in football shape. Uh, and he's pretty big. He's a big dude. But, like, he can now, you can elevate him if you want to. And it's perfect because you can keep him on the practice squad and elevate him three times. That's probably going to be about how many weeks you need before Hankins comes back. So, um, Carl Davis has played a lot in the league. Uh, seven, eight year veteran, really big guy. Can, you know, eat up some space. That's kind of what they're looking for. I think Mozzie's still going to play. Mozzie's going to going to be out there for sure. But still, really good opportunity to to see what Carl Davis is can you know can do. And it's one of those moves that it's why you do it. You know, we we, we kind of joke when Stephen Jones says, you know, player acquisitions three hundred and sixty five days a year. Well, it is, and and this is why because you don't always just. You know, you don't always just react when when things happen. It's it's basically it's, it's having a little insurance, have a little foresight. You know what? If if we why don't we get this guy and bring him in in case in case we need him, in case Hankins goes down or Osa goes down or Neville or somebody, we we got a guy that we can you know kind of learn the system. And then here it is. So Carl Davis will probably be a guy that you'll see act, um, um, elevated this week. Maybe not to the roster, but probably to the practice from the practice squad. I could do that three times, like I said. So, good stuff there. All right, Tony in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Tony. Hey, Nick. Am, hey, Nick, am I on? You are on. What's up, How man? You doing? How you doing, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hey, so I've been waiting uh, kind of a couple weeks to kind of get into this uh, question and um, wondering because we've been playing at home for like the last 
couple of weeks, but it centers around uh, road trips. And first of all, did, Nick, did you? I can't remember if you said it. Did you play any varsity sports like in high school or anything? Just out of curiosity. Played basketball. Okay, so did I. So, um, and I played varsity on my uh, in my senior year. And um, one of the best things, in my opinion, that um, I liked about you know being on the varsity squad was not only you know actually playing in the game and winning, but was actually traveling on road trips. And um, the way that our school worked is you had the four teams. You had JV boys J- or JV girls, JV boys, then varsity girls and varsity boys. Well, the way how it worked is the JV teams would leave like middle middle to uh, early to mid-afternoon, travel to the away school because their games would start first. And then the varsity teams would leave like literally right after school and take a second bus down to the away school and i'll never forget how the look on the faces because we all be like in shirt and tie when we walked into the gymnasium and the doors would open all the posing fans would be looking at us like oh here comes the varsity team into the you know into the gym and stuff and um and uh uh i was um wondering uh, as far as the, like the road trips and everything uh you know because I've, I've um again wondered about this like in your experience since you've been with the cowboys and and through you know various coaches just curious how the road trip experience is you know um you guys normally all, always leave at the same time you guys stay at the same hotels do you uh you personally have any free time like when you're you know when you travel to the away city and um if you can um you know, maybe distinguish between the coaches. Cause I think like with Garrett, I think they had, when they traveled, they had him, they had like players wear shirt and tie because I always watch the little videos where they're like walking yeah. to the plane and stuff versus now it looks like it's a more of a relaxed, uh, you right. know, outfit that goes when you guys are going to the plane to travel. And so I was just wondering if in your experience, can you touch on that? And, okay. and maybe if you have a funny story that you can recall uh, regarding a road trip, I know Brian Broaddus always talks about, and I believe it was a trip from Buffalo that they came back where the plane was a bumpy ride coming back and he's like nope that's it for me no more yeah. traveling to away games so anyways uh thank you yeah Pre- appreciate yeah, the call I'll hang Tony. Up and listen. all right yeah, i'll hang up and listen thanks Bye. well i mean that's a whole that's a whole uh show i mean just road trips i mean i mean uh, stories and things like that yeah i got some stories uh can't tell them all but yeah i've got some stories uh i mean i'll, I'll try to answer this kind of quickly every coach kind of does does things differently and and the coaches have done things differently i mean the same coach has done things differently i mean garrett was here what nine years i mean he he switched it up and and there there is no i mean with the cowboys you can't just say you can't just sing montel jordan all the time and say this is how we do it you, you, it doesn't work that way because you play on th- sundays you play on thursdays you play on monday one year you, you played on wednesday night I mean, you have to adjust, and so to just have one set of rules like this is this is how we're, how it's going to be, it, it doesn't work like that. Now, um, you're right, McCarthy kind of has a little bit more of a relaxed um, fit for them, you know, and they they have travel suits now, and there's been times when it's been shirt and tie, and you know the, the Cowboys. I don't know what other teams do, but I mean, I, the Cowboys have they they travel some some media, not not the writers, but some of the local. Um, media, the TV, uh, TV guys, the cameramen, some of the radio people. So there's, you know, and then there's sponsors as well on, on the trip. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, it varies. Um, and it also varies. Sometimes you've, you've gone straight, you know, the team goes and practices with a walkthrough at the stadium. That's been kind of rare. Usually you just go to the hotel. Um, and, and we don't really say where, where the Cowboys are staying. They don't, it's not a public thing, but 
everyone always knows because when we get there, there's there's a lot of fans there uh, in the lobby and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, I mean, I'm, just, I'm trying to think. Should I tell the Emmett story? Um, uh, hold off on that one. Um, there's been, oh, no, it's funny. I'll tell the story. So, so my first year with the team, so, um, second year, maybe second year team, 2000, walking into New York, tons of fans. And, and, um, there's, there's fans lined up on both sides. And so I'm like 24 years old. I mean, I'm just the young guy with this Nike gym bag is my, is my travel bag, you know, it's terrible. And, uh, and Emmett is walking right in front of me and Emmett's got this really nice, you know, roller bag or whatever. And he turns, he's like, let me see your bag. I'm like, let me see my, I thought he wanted me to carry his bag. I was like, you must, he goes, let me see your bag. And so he, I gave it to him. So he's got one bag with his, and then he's got my, my bag and he walks through all these people. And of course, I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if, you know, what's happening. Come to find out Emmett, Emmett's turned. He had his hands full. So everyone's asking for autographs at the moment. He was like, no, nah, I, I can't, I got my hands full. And then he kind of laughed dropped my bag on the ground and kind of did this, you know, funny laugh and he walked off and he was like, I probably wasn't the first person he's done that to, you know, and I'm, I'm a young guy and I'm like, I don't know if that was disrespectful or the coolest thing ever. Like, I don't, I don't really know what happened, but that was kind of funny. Now I'll say that Emmett's definitely signed his share of autographs over the years. And there's a lot of stories where he does some, some really cool things for fans. But in this particular case, we just got off the plane. We were going to the, in the hotel and he was like, he, he was like, nah, I got my hands full. So I thought hey, he might have been playing that more of a joke on me than anything else. But that's that's about my story there. We can probably get into road trips um, later on and maybe a different show. All right, Bruce in Houston. What's up? Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. That's pretty cool. You have to gig Emmett about that and say, hey, I appreciate you taking my bag. Yeah, uh, Emmett Smith <laughs> has carried my bags. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a first. I thought he was going to give you – uh, his bag and tell you that. That's what I thought. I didn't know what was happening. I really didn't know. So uh, that's, that's a good story. Thanks for yeah. sharing. Um, you know, the guys, we're talking about Mozzie Smith a little bit. Um, I'm glad he's getting to play. I, yeah, I hope Hankins is out just a week because he's really played well this year. But I think it's going to be good for Mozzie. I, I've yeah. been watching him trying to zero just on him in, you know, on the replays and, and retaping it. But and it seems to me, and I'm no coach, but he, he's just a little slow off the snap. And it seems like once them offensive linemen get their hands on you, you're in trouble. Because in right. Michigan, he just he just outmuscles everybody. So, But I was thinking, too, about Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. Those guys were higher, higher draft picks than Mozzie. And they didn't really light the world on fire their first year either, did they? Right. No, not, so, not really. I don't think so. I mean, and, and uh, Carter su- supposedly was thought to be the maybe yeah. number one pick. Yeah, you know, top pick. A while, so, yeah, so I think, yeah, I mean, he, the fans have been on him tough this year because, you know, you you do expect, or at least I've always thought, you know, your first round draft is going to start. I mean, are, what, are you, what are you drafting him? Right, but right. It is what it is. Um, so I'm looking forward to him and Gil, uh, uh Gallimore, Gallimore, yeah, Neville. and this and this guy Davis too coming up. I think they can solidify that for a week or two. Um, but I will, my real question is: Listen to the uh, uh, talking Cowboys before, and they were talking about MVP with uh, uh, Dak Prescott, and I think he's having one this year. Do you think 
course, next year he he's on the hook for what fifty nine million or something. Something, yeah, fifty one, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Big, big number. Um, could you ever see? And I'm not I'm not trying to be negative, Nancy here, because I, I definitely wanted to win the Super Bowl. Uh, if he doesn't, because I mean he's playing great now, but I think we all as Cowboy fans that we want to see this in the playoffs and championship game at least. Mm. If he if he becomes MVP. I mean, Jerry's probably going to re-sign him, even if he doesn't take us to at least a championship game. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah, I, mean, I do too. I, I think Jerry's so, going to re-sign him. I mean, he's I, playing. He's playing phenomenal right now. So um, he is, and it's, yeah, it's it seems like, and I don't know if it was getting Trey Lance to uh, light a fire under him. You know, when someone's potentially going to take your job, you seem like you play better. And obviously we all know contract years. Yeah. They play lights out. So I don't know if this combination of both of that or him just getting finally comfortable with McCarthy's system. So yeah, I think it's a combination of all that, but can you just talk a little bit and I'll hang them and listen, what kind of contract? Cause he's 30 now. So you probably couldn't do a 10 year with, with Dak just so that you could have some voidable years, but yeah. it's going to take a six or seven year. Cause I, I would imagine this is going to be his last contract, but Maybe talk about that yeah. because you definitely got to sign um, CD and 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 uh, Micah for sure, and 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 the other guys will just have to fill in. But True. great show, Nick. Thank I'll you. Hang up and listen. All right. Um, yeah. Um, again, another topic that that could be on another show, like the whole show. I mean, what does Dak's contract looks like? Um, tricky because you know he's he's never been one that wants to you know have a lot of years, but that's how you do it if you want to you know, give him the number that he's looking for, but without it just killing your cap. So, um, yeah, I could see an extension there of five, five to six years maybe. Um, but, you know, he's – I think, I think you know, they don't have to do anything because he, he is under contract next year, and, and it is for a lot of money, but – and, and that, that'll, that's going to be changed regardless what happens. But, you know, if he has – if he has – if he keeps this up and maybe wins MVP and – and and I think I think more success in the playoffs, and you know if they can take him to another level, that will probably help him uh, as much as anything. But you know if that happens, you know they're going to sign him. If he goes and wins MVP and goes and wins the Super Bowl, I mean Jerry's like, here's the pin. I mean here you go. I mean <laughs> write your own check. Um, no, he'd never do that. But you know what I'm saying. I mean it'll it'll just be it'll be through the roof, and 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 no one will really care. You know, if if he if he can do that and take this team to a level we haven't seen, uh, that would be great. All right, let's go to Anthony in New Jersey. Anthony. Hey, Nick. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Hey, very good. First time calling in to the show. Love all your work. Love all everybody. What you guys do there. It's, it's awesome. Thank you. First time hey, caller. First time yeah. caller. Hey, just a quick question. I just hope that like the defense just kind of focuses a little bit, uh, trying to contain Josh Allen from running around because mm, I know he's true. a big mobile quarterback. So hoping you know they kind of concentrate a little bit more on that this week. Uh, that's all I really wanted to say. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. your work. Thank you. All right, that was Anthony in New Jersey. Uh, I think Chris might be on the phone. There we go. Here we go. Here we go. Anthony, New Jersey. If y'all could see, and I haven't really seen it because I'm here, but I can tell uh, what we put Chris through on this show. I put him to work back there, and I appreciate it for sure. Um, Josh Allen running the ball, running around 100%. That's going to be an issue. He's just fourth in the league, I think, among quarterbacks and rushing yards with like 375. Um, 
you know, and, and some of them are designed, but not really. I mean, he, he really does a nice job of looking, seeing, taking off. So um, that's going to be a key, man. There's there's no doubt about it. I mean, he that that seems to be the type of running quarterback that really hurts them the most. It's it's not it's not the guys that have to do the design stuff. It's the ones that have the ability to when when nothing else is there and then the middle's wide open and go get it and go get the first down and move the chains. That's been the one over the years that's really hurt this team and that's what I think Josh Allen does very well. So that will be uh that will be interesting to see how how that kind of works out. All right. We're going to we're not taking a break here. We're going to keep we're going to move uh, along um Going to do a little bit of the a book review that I've been talking about. These are some of my favorite books. These are p- books that you know my friends have, have have written and some that I've done. So I'm going to kind of go through a little bit there. Um, I think we're going to – we'll start it off here. i got a really, really good friend of mine, uh, Drew Myers. He's actually spoke to our, our team. He's a motivational speaker. I met him in college. He's probably the reason – he is the reason. He's the reason why um, I'm, I'm probably where I am today. Because he got me the job that helped me get this job. So, you know, everybody kind of has a guy like that. Drew Myers is my guy. He he wrote this book here. Uh, it's called The Taco and Chocolate Diet. And let me tell you, it has nothing to do with diet, nothing to do with tacos. It's really, a, 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 I guess you would say, a self-help type book. Um, basically, his his thing is uh, live, live in, in what's, what did he say, live a bold adventurous intentional life so he does he does a great job of just kind of saying hey do you do it the right way and and that's one thing i love about drew man he's done about 100 things he's been a a, a football coach he's, he's been an editor at a newspaper uh he's had about 10 jobs a volunteer uh fireman so uh, he, he has a really really good uh good message uh all the time so drew myers the tacos and chocolate diet so pretty awesome all right another guy that actually worked here a little bit his name is carrie lofton he's got a book that probably relates to just about anybody it's called money talks how to uh confidently price your work and uh, he's done some work with us he's a videographer now he's doing some freelance stuff he's negotiating um prices all the time but it's really more than just that it's, it could be how to n- negotiate your own salary how, how to how to get your 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 worth um properly and, and then do it in the right way because it's not easy you guys know it's not easy to talk to your bosses about getting more money and then when they say yes or no then you got to go back to work. i mean how do you how do you do all that so this book he's, he's got you know it's not the biggest book in the world but that's actually those are nice um money talks how to kind of price your work from Carrie Lofton. You can get this on Amazon as well, also, or on CarrieLofton.com. Really, really good stuff there. All right, this one, this one is from, again, not a, not a, this is not a sports book at all. This is from my dad. My dad wrote a book uh, just a couple of years ago. Tim Eatman wrote a book. It's called Nursing Homes. And one thing that, that he does, um, he, he calls himself Dr. Sunshine. Dr. Sunshine, he goes, actually goes to nursing homes and sings with them. I got a chance to, to actually visit with him just a couple of weeks ago. Went into a nursing home. Pretty interesting experience for sure. Singing songs to them. The, the, we're talking about 95, 100-year-old people that don't really know a whole lot what's going on. But they start singing music and the song, Power of, of Music, uh, big time, uh, is evident in here. And he kind of shares his experience 
over the years to kind of get them to this point. So Nursing Homes uh, by Tim Eatman. You can also get that on Amazon. All right, Cowboys books. This one, this one, this is the one that probably sells the most for me. This was my second book I ever did, If These Walls Could Talk. It's been like 10 years, just a variety of different stories. Um, obviously, Romo here on the cover. But lots of lots of things. You probably heard most of these stories uh, over the years. But this is one that, um, that keeps doing pretty well for me. I get, a, I get a nice little check every now and again. I'm like, oh, people still, still buying this. If These Walls Could Talk, it's uh, definitely the, the most successful one, I think, that I've I've done uh, my first one that I did, though, that kind of opened the door for everything. Uh, Art Browse, uh looking up, kind of did his story, his his first book. Um, if you got an opinion about him, uh, don't really care. Uh, probably means you haven't met him. Uh, really great guy and certainly was the reason why I was able to do some of these books. And his story is f- uh, fascinating. Who knows? Maybe there'll be another book down. The, that'll be an interesting another book down the, the line with him. All right. Jock Taylor, who has been on our shows um, here recently, Media Mash, he, this is this book just came out. Coach Prime, he got to spend a whole year with Dion down at Jackson State a couple years ago. So really the ins and outs of a whole season there with Dion Sanders at Jackson State, HBCU, um, and just just all the challenges that Dion dealt with there, probably right before he went to Colorado. So this book, Jock, uh, John Jock Taylor. You can also get this on Amazon. Coach Prime, really cool a book. I can't wait to read. I haven't read this one. Can't wait to read this one. All right, this was my third book. Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Texas. This was one year of football when I almost almost killed myself. Honestly, this year I followed a, a high school team, a college team, and a pro team. Obviously, the Cowboys for a whole year. Just talked about the the ins and outs of the of. Um, you know, just everything and how different things are from these levels. But you might be studying for algebra, you might be taking an SAT, or you might be studying for the Giants. Who, who knows? But everything is is different at these levels, but yet they're all kind of the same at the same time. I was watching the TV show Modern Family one night, 11 o'clock at night. Modern Family saw this show, three different families kind of related, but not, not the same. And I thought, I'm going to write a book. Just like that, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Texas. Really love that one. And then the last book, the fourth one I've done, this is a pretty good Christmas gift right here, Six Decades of Cowboys Football, the 60th anniversary. Um, this one I did, I shared this one with Jeff Sullivan, another writer. We kind of split it up, all kinds of pictures, cool stuff there. Just every year, 60 seasons, 60 players. We ranked the 60 players, and uh, it was cool writing that with Jeff. We did a little bit of trading you know, he's like, oh, I'll take 1984. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll trade you the ice bowl for 87. It was kind of fun. It's fun to do that and kind of go down memory lane. Uh, that one, that, that's a big, nice coffee table book. Lots of lots of beautiful photos in there. Uh, six decades of Dallas Cowboys football uh, with myself and Jeff Sullivan. So that's some of my books there. Um, books, some of my favorite books. You can, you know, if you got any questions on that, hit me up on Twitter. Um, but yeah, the, all of those, I think you can still get on Amazon and, and some different, different other websites. Uh, so, all right, good stuff there. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Thanks for letting me do that. Uh, G in New Jersey is our next caller. Nick. So man, great stuff today. 
one of my favorite cowboy books of all time because I'm kind of like a '90s. You know, I I became a fan. You know, for that for that run that we had in the '90s. Uh, is uh, so my favorite book is Boys Will Be Boys, man, by Jeff Perlman. Um, and I read that, and you know, it's some really good stuff in there. Um, but real quick, man, I have a story uh, of, of being a fan and kind of meeting the players based off of what you were saying earlier, your Emmett story, which was tremendous. In 2017, the Cowboys had a rookie on their team, Lewis Neal. So I got a chance to go to the game at MetLife, uh, Cowboys at the Giants. And right before I hit the turnstile, there's a lady there. And she goes, would you like to meet the players? And I'm looking at this lady crazy, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And she goes, if you'd like to meet the players, take this card and go over towards that tent over there in about half an hour. So me and my buds, we waited half an hour, and we look at the card, and it says family visiting pass. So we said, whatever, let's give it a shot. We go over to the security in front of this tent, and sure enough, they let us in. And we see the lady sitting down. So I approach the lady and I go, are you a relative? And she goes, I'm Lewis Neal's mom. Um, so I sat down and I'm like, are the players going to come in here? And sure enough, about five minutes later, all the guys start walking in, Dak, um, Zeke, uh, and Coach Garrett at the time. It was such an amazing experience for somebody that would not have that opportunity. And the following year, we kept the cards, and we said, let's give it a shot next year. We're going to come back and see if the same cards work. So I got to security. They let me in because they thought I worked for the team, but they wouldn't let my friends in because they didn't have, they, they didn't have like uh, the, the warm-up that I had on. So I asked, yeah. Taco, I asked Taco Charlton, who was there talking to some people, I said, Taco, can you let my friends in? And Taco looks at the security guard and goes, hey, let those three guys in. And we had the same experience the following year, Nick. Um, that's just some of my two stories, you know, getting to meet the players. Um, but real quick, Nick, I have a question for this week. Do you think there's a chance that they elevate uh, defensive tackle Carl Davis for this game because of Hankins' injury? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, not everybody listens to to the entire show. They come in late. Yes, we've been talking about Carl Davis. I I think it's a great week to put him out there. So, cool cool story too. Um, can't say I know the player you were referring to, Lewis Neal. Never never heard of him before, but um, maybe it was preseason or something like that. I can't. I, he doesn't. His name doesn't ring a bell. But uh, Taco Charlton is probably the best play he's ever made uh, for letting G in like that. Even though. Maybe that's not a great play. You know, you mean honestly, cool story for you, but can't just be letting anybody in. Just you know, behind the behind the scenes, that's where where issues happen. But um, fortunately, nothing happened there. Cool, but um, great that you got a chance to see some of those players. All right, Pastor James, he's in Midland, Texas. Pastor James, what's hey. up? Hey, Nick, how's it going today, brother? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, I was uh, listening and. Uh, Concerning nursing homes and stuff, I was, uh, when I was younger, I uh, was a certified nurse's aide for over 10 years. Yeah. And so I understand, you know, the patience and the yes. the love that it takes, you know, to work in a nursing home. And I understand about the music because I worked on the Alzheimer's wing. And yeah. yes, we would use music and we would also uh, use physical therapy. And I, I did a lot of those things with the resident so i understand that as well yeah it's it's mm -hmm. amazing how you you think some some lady who's 98 years old and doesn't want to eat and has doesn't know 
her name so much. But you start singing Jingle Bells, she starts tapping her foot, she starts nodding a little bit, she's maybe singing a little bit. It's pretty amazing yeah. the power of music, and especially what you can recall from even your, your earliest of days. And so I know it's not a Cowboys book, it's not a sports book, but it's right. one that, that's real passionate to my father. And my, my dad, Tim Eatman, he's really the reason behind this whole show. He told me right. two or three years ago, he said, you know what? You should do your own show like some of these other call-ins with the fans. That was his idea. And it, it took a little bit to, to get there. You know, people don't always listen to their dad right away. But um, he was right about that. But this is his book called Nursing Homes. And, and it's also kind of a story of his whole life and how he got to that point. So. Right, right. Well, well, tell him we appreciate him coming up with the concept sure. for your show. Thank you. Indeed. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. He's okay. a he's a he's a uh, he calls himself a storyline backer. So uh okay. he, yeah, cuz he you know, he supports the show. It's the storyline, you know, you get it, supporter. He's a storyline backer. See if that that catches on. Uh but yeah, he kind of coined that phrase. That's what he called himself the other day. So, I thought that was funny. Uh-oh. Okay. All righty. Well, yeah, we definitely appreciate that. Okay, and now for my my three favorite wrestlers, I have to give you those. Okay. First, well, the, the fact that you, all, the fact that you huh? put an A in there and called it wrestling, I mean, I know these are going to be good. Let's go. Okay. First of all, of course, is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Okay. Second is uh, Kerry Von Erich. Oh, yes. 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 That that was my boy. I loved the Iron Claw. Yeah. I mean, any any time the Claw came out, I was I was jumping up and down as a kid. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Me too. I love the Von Erichs. Yes. And then lastly, of course, is the Rock. Yeah. Okay. You you okay, and I and then, you, you and I could have gone to some wrestling matches. I like all these guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And then my forgotten cowboy. Before I get into what I want to talk about, was one as a kid that I remember that. Was really not talked about him a lot, you know. Uh, he wasn't a big time name, but Mike Hegeman. Mike Hegeman. I mean, he was yes. Scored he was th- he was a hard player. Scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yes, uh, he did. Yeah, against the Steelers. Mike Hegeman, fifty-eight. Yes. Yep. Yes, fifty-eight. Yes, and, and so. But now my favorite cowboy, one of my favorite cowboys, I get to see him every day, and that is uh, Everson Walls. I wore number twenty-four in in uh, Greater Midland Football League in in Pop Warner because of him, and he was just always one of my favorite cowboys. And it's good to be able to hear him talk every day. Yeah. But yep. now. Uh, okay, I, I, I don't want to take up too much time, but right, you know, quick, real um, quick here. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mozzie, Mozzie is is coming along, and I, you know, I hate that Hankins ended up getting hurt, but I feel like if they just give him an opportunity, you know, let him let him uh, get his feet up under him and stuff, and and all that, he'll he'll come along. And I'm really I'm agreeing with the uh, caller from earlier. I I feel that this team is moving from a finesse team into more of a power team and we just need to keep following the 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 uh mindset of the coach and just get tougher and stronger and i think we're going to be okay all right all right i like that i mean it's yeah i appreciate the call and it is i think you're right it's becoming a a tough team um you know i I don't think you can live in green bay and and be a coach there for a team in green bay if you're not tough you've got to be mentally tough to, to play, play outdoors, play these tough games like that at, at a high level. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, he knows what a tough football team looks like. Um, he's dealt with teams that had to go with a lot of different injuries, so he understands depth as well, talking about Mike McCarthy. So, yeah, I, I definitely believe that, that he's developing a tough team, and 
it doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't hurt that you have surgery three or four days before going on, in, you know, onto the field. And it's never a doubt. It was never a doubt that Mike McCarthy was going to coach the sidelines, not just coach, but be there on the sidelines. Um, he's not going to let that uh, hinder him and, and it didn't affect the team. And they were so locked in about it that they kind of forgot. They kind of forgot that it was anything was different. So, uh, you know, Dak is still, we talked yesterday in the locker room, he's still kind of kicking himself a little bit. They he, He's upset that they didn't give him a game ball, you know, for, for doing that. Um, they, they were so just, you know, just excited about the win, beating the Eagles and all that. And, you know, he said, hey, this, no big deal. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be uh, as everything's going to be normal. And so sometimes when that happens, you kind of forget that it's really not normal. He's saying that, but it really wasn't. I bet he didn't feel normal, but still was out there. It was great. All right, let's uh, move on. We got Dallas. He's in du- Duval uh, over there in uh, Jacksonville. So, Dallas, what's up? Hey, Nick, how you doing? I'm great. What's up, man? All right. I love the show. Appreciate um, that. I'd like to give a shout-out like shout to my, my newborn baby granddaughter, Grace, here in Jacksonville. Awesome. Congrats. Yeah, Maya, congratulations. Happy for you. All right. Um, Nick, just one question. Maybe you can answer it for me. Is there something physically wrong with Mozzie? Uh, you know, 58. Is there something? I mean, because... Physically wrong? Yeah, I mean, because you, you see the tape, you see him not moving, like, literally. Like, the snap is gone, everybody's gone, he's still there. I mean, literally, he was still sitting there Mm-mm. or squatting there or no. whatever. No. I mean, and, let me let me share let me share the, a phrase that was outside the locker room for four seasons when Bill Parcells was the coach. He had all these okay. motivational uh, sayings. One of them he, that he would say is, knowledge is confidence, confidence lets you play fast. That was it. That, and so it's all about, it's a mental thing. He's nothing wrong with him physically. It's about awareness. Where do you need to be? Where do you need to line up? Where am I going here? And, and, and when, when you're thinking, you're not playing and reacting as much. When he, when he gets it down where he's just reacting and playing, he's going to be faster. He, there's nothing wrong with him. It's just, it, it's, it's a transition he's got to make. I don't think there's anything physically wrong with him. He's just learning how to play football at, at the highest level. Okay. Okay. That, that, that's my opinion. Up. That's my opinion. I don't think anything's wrong with them. Is he? Is he? Okay. Is, is it disappointing? Yes. Yes. You would expect yeah. your first round pick. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. He's the first round pick, and sometimes you take first round picks over another guy because he should be able to step right in and play. And that hasn't been the case. Let's not forget Neville Gallimore's playing better than he's played before, and Osa's playing out of his mind. Maybe at a Pro Bowl level. So it's hard. It's hard to get on the field, but. I, I expected Mozzie to play more than this. Okay. Are right. you coming down to Miami uh, next week? I, I That's the plan. Yeah, I haven't missed the game since 2000, so I really hope that I'm still there for that one. For Yeah, I'll, I'll be there. All right. Okay, you, thank you again. All right. I love the show. Appreciate Happy it. Happy holidays. Thanks. You too. You too. I don't think Dallas liked my answer there. I think he's disappointed. I, you can be disappointed in Mozzie Smith. I mean – I get it, but I mean, I, I've said it over and over. I I just feel like he's going to be, you know, he, I think I think he's going to be fine. Um, but yeah, the the transition's a little bit more than than you wanted to. And, and and I also understand this is the second reference to him in this show, but I get it. Defensive lineman from Michigan is not playing well like you thought. Oh my God, he's another Taco Charlton. Well, we'll see. I mean, I. I 
maybe maybe he will be, but I doubt it. I doubt. I bet he's you know I bet he's going to be better than that. And and let's not forget that Taco Charlton is probably the worst first round pick they've had in the last twelve years. I mean, they've had really good picks. Most of them make the Pro Bowl. Most of them are all pro. Um, in the since two thousand, I think it's two thousand and ten. Every first round pick, other than Mo Claiborne and uh, Mozzie, and I'm sorry, uh, Taco Charlton, well now Mozzie, um, have haven't made a Pro Bowl. Now Tyler Smith hasn't made one. That might change here in a couple weeks. Uh, this guy's playing out of his mind at left guard, and uh, I kind of think that's going to be his spot is left guard. I I think he's playing so well there that I just I have a hard time thinking they move him. Maybe they do. Um, whenever Tyron uh, moves on, whenever that is, Tyron's turning back the clock as well. And um, I don't know who's going to win comeback player of the year, but I think Tyron Smith's name should be thrown in there. Uh, don't even know who's who the candidates are. He's usually an injury type guy, but he's he's been banged up. Uh, but, man, he's playing really, really well uh, left tackle. All right, great show. Appreciate it. Sorry we didn't take as many calls. It took a little time here. Wanted to share some of my my books, my favorite books. So appreciate you guys letting me do that. Tomorrow, be right back at it for another uh, edition. We'll talk a little bit more about Cowboys and Bills. So for Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We'll see you tomorrow on Cowboys Storyline. See you. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?